welcome back to The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast where we look at each and every Prince album, the highs, the lows, and a time capsule. We look at not only the albums, but supporting materials that went along with it, videos and maxi singles and all kinds of cool stuff. I'm Christy. This is Josh. And we're so glad you're here with us today. Today is our meat in the middle of a sandwich, or I guess if for Prince, it'd be peanut butter and jelly in the middle of our sandwich of Rave Unto the Joy Fantastic series. We have three episodes. Last time we checked out Rave Unto the Joy Fantastic, the official release that started it all. Started it all. Today we're looking at all of the musical support that went along with that and a couple of websites. Next time we're going to look at some videos, but today we are going to talk about Rave Into the Joy Fantastic, The Greatest Romance Ever Sold Maxi Single, Providence, which was a song by Ani DeFranco, mm-hmm. Waiting Room, which was uh, by No Doubt, Hot Would You Remixes, and the websites. All right. Yeah. So let's dive right into Rave Into so this was the first time that Prince had ever released a quote-unquote remix album after the release of uh, a proper album. Right. Uh, this was sort of a gift to MPG Music Club members. At the time, people who followed Prince online, this did not get a retail release uh, up until recently it became available on Tidal. So if you have not heard it, you can uh, listen to it or purchase it uh, on Tidal, the streaming service. And that's currently the only way to get your hands on this album through official uh, means. No, you could buy it on eBay. You could, but you'd be dumb too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Okay, don't do, don't do that. I'm just, unless you're like wanting to complete a collection where you have the jewel cases the physical and CD stuff. and Yep, but if you want, to pr- you want to support the Prince Estate, then uh, it's their choice right now to have it on title only. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. excellent. Yep. Yeah, it was only available on the website, the 1-800-NEW-FUNK website, right. and, or their, their phone line. Dating itself like Yes, the 800 number where Uh you could call Prince (laughs) toll-free. As we discussed last time, someone was going to answer the phone. Uh Uh-huh. Probably not Prince. Eventually. Yeah. (laughs) Eventually. Eventually. (laughs) Um, So I did a little math in looking at this, and the remix album is a couple minutes shorter than the original, an hour and five minutes versus an hour and seven minutes, but that also includes the around five minutes of silence that is on the original album after wherever you go, whatever you do, that's omitted from the remix album. That extra space isn't there. So So really, this is a bit longer. Mathematically, it's shorter, but realistically, it's a little bit longer. Uh That's cool. It can never be simple, right? No, no. (laughs) Simple is boring. Let's make it complex. (laughs) So the original album came out in November of 1999, and it surprised me when I went and looked up, when did this remix album come out? Because it's been a long time since I've looked at dates, and it was... Uh, the very end of April of 2001. Yeah. So that's a really long time in Prince world. 18 months is like smartphone time to yeah. Prince, you know. Yeah. A year and a half later, you've got kind of an old piece of junk. Yeah, he's done with that. He doesn't want to deal with it anymore. Um, well, and part of that probably stemmed from Clive Davis leaving 
Correct. Arista Records, right? Yeah, that he w- soon was, after the original album came out. Right, and it didn't get... All left. This is why we didn't get all the singles that mm-hmm. we were planned and we should have gotten things that would have done really well. Yeah, um, it is a little surprising that Prince kept an interest in this album for so long, you know, to, inter- to issue a, a remix album year and a half after the original album came out. I thought maybe he was occupied by other things in his life. You know, this became... Yeah. Sort of evident after Emancipation was released, he said he sort of emptied the gun on that album, um, and then we got kind of a vault release after that, three discs of um, vault material and crystal ball. Right. We did get a, an acoustic guitar album that came with that, and orchestra album also, and then some smaller releases before this one showed up. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into this album, this fun remix I thought uh, Rave Into was uh, funky. It was fast. It had a real club beat. Yeah, definitely. Which is not like something I super love all the time. Right. But it was fine. Yeah, at least, you know, when we talked about this last time with, you know, redoing or reworking previous releases like he did with cover of Every Day is a Winding Road, you expect the remix or the new take to kind of add something to the original to be worth it. Right. And I thought this one did. I have yes. to say it's definitely different. It's more frantic yeah. than the original. Like you said, kind of a more clubbish house beat, but it's got newly recorded vocals and new lyrics with it. So yeah. it's more than just a remix of existing tracks. It's a re-recording and an updated version yeah. of what we know is a 10-year-old track. Yeah. I noticed that he ran through some of the songs that are on this. Right. Moneyapolis, which is the Undisputed remix, mm-hmm. Beautiful Strange, Baby Knows, Tangerine, all of these were mentioned in here. Right. And I thought right. that was really cool. And then there were some additional lyrics that were pretty fun. Uh, super groove elastic funk. Yes. Nice. <laughs> super groove elastic <laughs> funk. <laughs> Yeah, he did do some neat coins of phrases with the uh, with the t- new take on this. And there were some new instrumental parts added as well that I thought kind of sound dated at this point, too. Wow, yeah. You know, it sounds, um, even to me, the the new version, Rave Into the Joy Fantastic, sounds a little more dated than the original Rave Unto yeah. that was on the um, original released album. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because this was more, certainly more... I will say it was definitely a little more fun than the original album. Um, but in doing that fun, I think Prince, you know, latched on to remix trends at the time, the yeah. studio uh, mechanics that were happening at the time that make it sound like it's from, you know, the turn of the century. Yeah, absolutely. The, the most late, the latest turn of the century, not <laughs> 1900, 2000. Uh, I really do appreciate the kind of, dated sound of some albums though i do have to say i kind of i appreciate when some albums are evergreen and you can enjoy them forever and they never sound old but i also kind of enjoy an album that sounds very much like the time in which it was recorded it's almost like a yearbook you know when you make a yearbook you're using the latest trends what is right now so that when somebody flips through that 20 years later they're having a moment of nostalgia and that's kind of how this feels to me a little bit it it is nostalgic i think as long as what you're trying to sound like or what you do sound like came from a period that a lot of people enjoyed and thought was you know fun and brings that feeling of nostalgia obviously depends on your age um you know for us i think 80s and 90s does that Mm -hmm. 
the beginning of the 2000s, I don't know, is an area is a, an era yet where there's a lot of people clamoring for, oh, let's get retro and do it like <laughs> they did in 2000. <laughs> let's go listen to something from the aughts. Uh, yes, the aughts. <laughs> <laughs> this definitely sounds like it's from the aughts, but a lot of fun. Again, I thought, always thought with this song, it ought to be fun. Um, yeah. And it was, the original track was fun. Mm-hmm. This adds more fun to it, and it's, you know, enjoyable to come back and listen to. The instrumental parts at the end kind of get a little on, long in the tooth to me. Um, but overall, I thought it was fun. Yeah. All right. Undisputed, the Moneyapolis mix. Moneyapolis mix. Mi- mix. <laughs> <laughs> the Moneyapolis mess is what I almost said, <laughs> which is not how I feel about this track. I enjoyed it. Let me, you know, I meant, meant to mention this when we started. So this is a remix album, and it's sort of, I divided it into thirds. You've got a third of the songs, which is about four of them, that are very much new and reworked. You've got four songs that kind of have um, extended beginnings or ends or something added to a bookend Mm -hmm. on the song. And five songs that are the exact same as what we got on Rave and To The Joy Fantastic. Um, And then we've got one song that's brand new to this album that wasn't included on the original. Right. And then we've got two songs that were on the original album, but not included on the remix album. So right. there's really a, I mean, this is truly, if you say remix, you this is, this is a mix of we're what you've already heard. We're going to put something else in. We're going to yeah. take something out. We're going to, yeah, it's just, not a cake. you, you got to be able to pick some stuff out of this. That's right. It is a casserole of stuff. <laughs> um, so the rave into the Joy Fantastic and this next song, uh, Undisputed, the remix, definitely falls into that first category. Newly recorded with new vocal parts. And the song changes into more of a chant of disrespect also instead of one of boasting about being the undisputed champ yeah. at times. Yeah. Which is kind of a unique twist on it, you know, where he chants, How are you gonna get my back when you front and it's uh-huh. this kind of feeling of or chance of betrayal. Yeah. You know, which may be directed at the entire album, you know, not being a commercial success. Uh, and okay. uh, he had a song called Golden Parachute that came out for the music club shortly after this also that was written specifically for Clive Davis and how he had a way to get out of the steel and walk away with millions Ouch. and Prince and is left, left holding high and dry. He put all the work into the album and you know, it didn't become as successful as they had both planned. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of that kind of talk with how is it that a brother always want to keep another one back too far right to get left gone sideways, Jack. So it really uh-huh. talks about a lot of things going awry and right. that it always seems like someone is trying to hold him back yeah that's what he's mm. trying to say yeah which i don't know after you've had decades of success i don't know that anyone's trying to hold you back but it, this is well, Prince trying to stay fresh every album is something new to him right and to have things not go as planned it's pretty well documented in prince history that that's not a good thing yeah no he doesn't take kindly to it no. well and that just kind of goes along with some of the other themes on this album where He's not really wanting to take a lot of responsibility for when things go south. That is true because there were things, you know, next next time on the podcast, we'll look at some of the live performances and things he did to, to promote the album. There was no tour associated with no. the album, at least in, in America. So there were other things that could have been done. Nothing was stopping Prince from releasing videos and other things that were planned. And so he sort of had moved on, but is still a little bitter, it seems like. Um, yeah, maybe a little... And there's some dichotomy in this, too, like things that, you know, he says one thing, but you look at it and think, well, what about this, man? Where he says, you know, he boasts about being number one at the bank, coupled with chance of 
um, inequality for African Americans, um, where he raps at one point and he says, for every royalty point of yours, I get a mill advance. That's why in videos you'll never see me dance. Why should I when minorities get half a chance? Uh So in one kind of lyric there, he's raking in money for uh, advance payment for albums, but he won't dance in a video because minorities get half a chance where he's got he's, lots of chances yeah. and it's been very successful. So right. they're sort of straddling the fence there of personal success, but also maybe reaching out a little bit to help, you know, and he was doing a lot of charitable work that was mm-hmm. behind the scenes at this point too. Right. So that's, you know, I was trying to reconcile those two things and I thought, well, that's sort of how he was in his life at that point with doing a lot of Things that he was going for commercial success, like with this album, but also doing some things that a lot of people weren't aware of behind right. the scenes to to lift people up. Yeah, that's great. I don't really have anything to add. All you right. covered I, it all. The other thing I wanted stuff. to the other thing I wanted to say about oh. this album was there was a fun or not the album the song there was a fun throwback to Purple Rain and having so many songs in the vault and you can take them. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about I Wish You Heaven, the remix where he has a song called Take This Beat, I Don't Mind, I've Got Plenty Others, They're right. So Fine. Uh, in the middle of this song, he says, is that my song playing on the radio? It could be G, I can't remember. I wrote it in 84. <laughs> yeah. Y'all keep doing it. I got nothing but love for sure. Take it like Clarence said, I got a million of them all different, you know. <laughs> and Clarence was the name of Prince's father in oh, Purple Rain. And yes. he said that line when... Yes. Uh, Prince was asking him, you know, if he had other songs and his dad, Clarence said, yeah, take them. I got a million of them. They're all different too. Yeah. So a neat throwback to 1984 and making a mention shout out to Purple Rain and the middle of the song. That's a little, little hidden. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the song, you know, Chuck D's rap is the same in this song. So he didn't come back and lay down new lyrics, but Prince had altered it. There was some kind of underlying, underlying computerized vocals of Prince in the background while Uh Chuck D was doing his rap. And those were removed from this. So you get more of a pure Chuck D rap. If that's something that you're into, it's there for you. Pureness. That's always good. Pure Chuck D. Pure Chuck D. Here we go. All right, the next one was The Greatest Romance Ever Sold. It's the Adam and Eve remix. Right. Um, This one. And this one falls into the category I mentioned earlier of something new at the beginning Uh and a little new at the end with the song kind of sandwiched in between. The original, not the normal, the original. Yes, the original song. (laughs) Yeah, I like the little uh, record scratch at the beginning that kind of lets you know this is a remix. Right. Yeah, Yeah, you're exactly right. I had that in my notes too, the record scratches, you know, a sign of what's to come, kind of like Mm -hmm. Prince clearing his throat, like we said earlier. Yeah. This is a remix, so you get a record scratch. That that those were sad songs. You get a throat clearing. There you go. Yep, and we yeah. kick it right off with a rap by Eve, who appeared uh-huh. on the original album on Hot with You. Uh-huh. Um, she's on this track with a, a, a kind of a rap to. You know, he's having fun with again the greatest romance ever sold. We speculated it could be a reference to the greatest romance ever told, Adam and Eve. Uh-huh. And here he's got a rapper who's goes by Eve. Eve, right? He's got an Adam and Eve remix, and she kicks off the yeah. song, which <laughs> I thought was nice. The faded love rap in the beginning. Yeah, it was kind of the point counterpoint to Prince's original lyrics. Her right. rap at the very beginning, kind of a woman's standpoint, talking back to him from that standpoint, not talking back, replying. Yeah, Prince calls himself Adam. Yes. Yeah, and together they're going to make the remix a big seller. (laughs) He says, sweet drops of rain, I am to your umbrella. Tonight we make the remix a big seller. Uh 
Very um, cool little lyric line. Yep, I thought that was fun and a little bit of a shame that it it didn't happen. It didn't really happen, but yeah, best know. laid plans though. I mean, yeah. at least the the intention was there, and certainly some more love was put into this track. That we kind of get the same song in the middle as the album version. All the original lyrics right. are there. The track may be slightly different, but essentially it's the same middle mm-hmm. of the song as we got on the original album version. But as the song winds up uh, at the end, we get this great extended ending with a kind of a rare bass solo by uh-huh. Prince on a yeah. studio track, which I thought was really cool. I thought it was a little long. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I was done after about six minutes. Uh, it I, was eight minutes. I thought it was. It was too too long after six minutes i was ready to be done with it and i hadn't even when i made my notes about this particular track Mm -hmm. i had not yet listened to the the maxi single single. yeah so you weren't overdosing on this song yet no i did have the same thing in my notes that you know at more than eight minutes long it's kind of funny that it wasn't included on the maxi single itself too because this is the longer than any song on the maxi single but I didn't get as tired of it because we get this refreshing ending that's this new music at the end with a bass and synth solo that mm-hmm. you don't hear. I think Prince's bass work goes uh, unappreciated a lot because it's, yeah. it's not a glamour kind of um, no, instrument to play. <laughs> yeah, the bass... Please, players rarely the front man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and he's had some. He had some great bass players throughout yeah. his career too. He turned that turn those duties over to people who that's all they played. But he was incredibly skilled also. Mm-hmm. So if you want to hear his own bass work in the studio, the last couple minutes of the song is a place to go. So that's what saved it for me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's fair. It was long though. I'll give it you was, that. It was. Long. It was it long. It was long, and I also was. It's very polarizing among fans, so I can see why maybe this wasn't as big a seller as perhaps he hoped it would be, mm-hmm. only because people who are dyed-in-the-wool, tried-and-true Prince fans even disagreed. Yeah, there was disagreement, and there was also the frustration of, why does this party album have this ballad as the, <laughs> uh-huh, as the, the- not only... The first single, but the only single from the album. Right. So that could have added to the frustration, too, yeah. of uh, why is so much attention being paid here. But with the underlying meaning of the song, his own with his own marriage and romance, mm-hmm. then it could have just been his own affinity for the song and the message that was there that caused him to kind of throw himself into spending more time with this song yeah. than others. Yeah. That's fine. Since you found it long, we've probably talked about it long enough. No, I'm I'm ready to move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> the I don't know if it's the greatest romance ever sold to you. It's like the most mediocre it's, romance. It's the okayest romance ever sold. <laughs> So we roll out of that song and ride into Hot With You, which is a new uh, version of the song, a complete reworking, um, where he, I mentioned earlier, mentioned some lyrics from, uh, dialogue from Purple Rain and Undisputed, and here he's bringing back up another Purple Rain era track in Vanity Six's Nasty Girl. Which I thought was great. I thought they were good. It was a, they really complemented each other well. They Uh had similar kinds of themes. They went to, lyrically, they went together pretty well. Musically, Mm -hmm. they blended 
nicely while still having the good contrast. Yes. I thought it was really good. I agree. And I thought it was neat to hear Prince's own vocals singing the lyrics from Uh Vanity Six, where we all know there's something in the vault somewhere that's got his own demo version of this track or Uh a vocal guide for Vanity Six. And uh, here we get to hear it. Yeah. Maybe, you know, 15 years later yeah, uh, from when it was originally recorded. But yeah, we do get to hear it. I thought it was a shame that we're missing the fun part of the song that we talked about last time, which is the meet me early morning and Astro Traveling Hottie is not in the song, which I thought was kind of a shame. So So, I mean, overall, I thought that was a fun, interesting way to remix it, make it fresh by using older music Mm -hmm. i thought it was great yeah he could reach back into his catalog and kind of do a mashup of prince the artist formerly known as prince versus prince almost in this song (laughs) yeah if we're going the dj hero route Uh, yeah there you go (laughs) or glee then they did that a lot on glee where they would do the mashups yes the mashups of two different songs that kind of just work together the parts of glee that were good and worth watching (laughs) yeah All right, uh, Tangerine extended version. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit at the end. Yeah. I mean, a little bit. It was like a quarter of the song. Well, but only because it was, it was such a short original. It was so short to begin with. Yeah, I think that um, this is a nice little addition to the album. Um, you know, it falls into the category of we get the original track and then a little something tacked onto the end for us. So if you like the original, there's a little instrumental coda at the end of the song that takes you through to the next one and you know i think we said last time that uh, we loved the song it was beautiful and you called it mean it was beautifully mean mean. Uh, (laughs) but we get a little more of it here it was just a super short song and um i hate to say nothing more than an extended ending but that's what we get is there's no additional lyrics just a little bit more instrumentation at the end from the original so uh, the, when that extended instrumentation ends, we roll right into So Far, So Please, sort of like we did on the original album. And here we get the first song on this remix album that is completely unchanged from the original. <laughs> it is just perfect as it is, I guess. Yeah, um, or uninspiring to a remix? Maybe. I'm glad this one wasn't remixed. It was one of my highlights from yeah. you know the original album. Yeah. So who knows why we got some original songs thrown in that maybe he felt they were great the the way they were. Maybe he just moved on. There is no way to know. But it was fine. You know, I mean. I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah. Back to the original and it was a great song. We thought what should have been a single. Yeah. One of the first songs on the album outside of Chuck D's appearance where we had kind of a superstar pairing with Prince that was unusual with Gwen Stefani joining him. Right. uh, In the studio for this one. I thought that she was a little buried. You could pick her out. Maybe I it's because have a problem. Yeah. It's, it does sound like a No Doubt song. Yeah. And um, it sounds exactly like the original version because it is it's the same. The, it's the same, as is The Sun, The Moon, and Stars. Yes, where the, also which is the next the song same. on the album. No changes yep. whatsoever. And that's which okay. Is fine Those are two songs that we yeah. really liked from the original. There were two that were going to go unchanged. I guess we're okay with those staying the same. Right. I mean, I'd rather hear him go back and rework some of the tracks that we thought maybe weren't quite as successful. Mm -hmm. And don't touch the ones we like. And we got what we wanted. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can touch the ones that I like as long as you make them better. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, Man of War had a remix. This was one of your favorites from the original. It was. Not so much lyrically for the reasons that turned you (laughs) off of it completely, 
um, but instrumentally, instrumental-wise and you know, music-wise, and the way that his vocals were layered, um, the way the chorus was constructed, I really liked of the original. Mm-hmm. This is one of the songs on the album that is completely re-recorded, reworked, mm-hmm. resung, rewritten. I still think that it's going to not save it from the I shade st- of Christy. I still have the same lyrical issues that I did the last time. Right. That aside, I thought the variation in the vocals were interesting. I thought it was a little funkier. Yeah. I preferred this one to the one on Unto. Uh-huh. It's not a faster song. It's still a ballad, but it does have faster cadence and parts where he's yeah. kind of speak rapping over some areas and he does play with the chorus a little bit a little bit where he sort of sings it backwards in one place where he says peace of mind is where i need to be instead of the seven page letter c mm-hmm. so sort of re- rewriting the chorus and singing it in different ways which i thought yeah. was unique and different yeah, that's fine yeah I would, still no. a lot of prince saying that he pays the bills but gets no love <laughs> oh, and yeah. a little bit more the part that worried me about talking to you about this is i thought you would find it more of woe was me from you know the original and just enhanced a little bit more yeah i just accept that this is not my favorite song take it as what it is and it's whatever it's definitely it won't be my my mountain how about that okay well boy spoiler alert (laughs) it's definitely a great slice of life yes moment for prince you know in 1999 and his marriage about to end and um you know of course this is this is what he would submit to the judge in the in the divorce case (laughs) i think here's my side of the story what do you have Uh uh-huh yeah if he would represent himself which he he did a lot i would not recommend (laughs) do not represent yourself it's not a good choice. Well, he, he threw himself at your mercy, and uh, you had none. <laughs> okay. Uh, Baby Knows, the extended version. Uh, it was mostly just some guitar jam session stuff added at the end. A little of that, and a little bit more of whoever the male background vocalist oh, in this yeah. song is. Was It was mixed a little different. The This wasn't quite okay. a, even though I, I'll put it in the category of the songs that have an extended ending or uh, beginning, but it was mixed a little bit differently with some other parts of the song brought to the forefront that you didn't hear, I think, quite as much in the original version. But like you said, this falls into like Tangerine. It's basically the original track with an extended instrumental ending after Sheryl Crow Mm -hmm. says, why don't you give me your number and I'll call you. And uh, then it picks up again for Uh kind of an instrumental part at the end. Which was, it was fine. It, I didn't think it was like earth shattering. Wasn't like blow right. my mind, but it was right. It, it's just kind it of fine. A fun. It's just a way to make it a little bit different. Yeah. Add a little something else, which yes. I always appreciate. Me too. You know, it just is a, another indication of who knows how many songs there are like this in the vault that have you know an edited album version and there's extended parts at the beginning or end. I'm not convinced that he did this specifically for the album. This might have been part of the original recording that was just edited for the album. Yeah. That's how it feels to me anyway. Okay. Could be wrong, but that's how it feels. Yeah, that's fair. I love you, but I don't trust you anymore. It's another exactly the same track. Just clear your throat and give me the original. (laughs) That's right. That was fine with me. I did not have a problem having this exact same song on this album. I did There wasn't anything about it that 
I really felt was lacking in the original. So it didn't bother me at all that there wasn't. I think it stands out even more on this album. This was my mountain from the original album. And I think um, it stands out even more mixed in with all these remixes and uh-huh. extended versions. Yeah, yeah well, because they kind of sound album. a little bit more like club tracks. And this one's not a club track. Yeah, yeah, I think it might speak to just how painful of a song maybe it was. He just included it again. I don't see how a re-recording could add much to it, so I was glad that, like you, he didn't try to turn it into something else. Yeah, it, it didn't it need was. to be a dance song. It was fine the way it was. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so after uh, kind of a, a, a stint there of a majority of songs either with an extended inning or identical to the original, we had Man of War that was new, Baby Knows with an extended ending. I love you, but I don't trust you anymore. Same as the original. We get a brand new song, Out of the Blue. Beautiful Strange. Beautiful Strange. I love the deep voice. Yeah, I thought that you would like this one. This is one of those mystical, mental songs, I guess, that you could say Mm -hmm. from Prince. Um, It was heard originally a couple years earlier, um, which I had forgotten about. I went back to read about this, and I was like, oh, I forgot. There was that home video from 1998 um, that was called Beautiful Strange. And I'd probably categorize it as part of the previous album era from 1998, not part of the rave era. Um, But the video included live performances from Prince and an interview that was conducted by Mel B. of the Spice Girls. Okay. And uh, the version of the... Vaguely remember this. Do you? Yeah. The version of the song that's on Rave Into the Joy Fantastic is sort of a reworking of that original track, too. So this is not only a new song, but a new version of a a new song. Of a song that we've seen before. Right. Yeah. And it was also believed that this was the title track of a proposed album from Prince around 1998-99 called Beautiful Strange Mm -hmm. that may have a configuration somewhere that Mm -hmm. we just never saw. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought this whole thing, this whole song is basically a f- entire song long guitar solo yes. throughout the entire song. Yes. I thought the guitars really took center stage. It was really, really nice. It's basically poetry, really yeah. nice poetry, a song about God or about his name change. Yeah. Again, is- well, and I kind of thought maybe it was about uh, God and his name change. Uh, words so strange. That only the mind can say. Right. I think that's a reference to his own name going by the symbol. Yes, I think so too. Or going back to you know his Jehovah's Witness beliefs. How do you speak the name of God? Yeah, that's part of that too. Yeah, so. Yahweh is only the word that we use because we're it's incapable of. Yeah, you can't speaking. say it. So a neat way to mesh those two things together. I thought his religion and his name. Yeah, you're right. I think it could be uh, about both, but certainly has religious undertones mm-hmm. uh, as well. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was great. It's really awesome to have this on an album. Um, yeah. And it was kind of, you know, studio quality new song. Yeah. Almost like a hidden gift. This could have been a hidden track on, yeah. on the remix. Right. Album. Yeah. The, there were some guitar riffs near the end, and they were great. And if I had to pick anything wrong with Beautiful Strange, it would be I wish that those had come just a little bit earlier in the song. But yeah. other than that, it was... I really liked the song. I thought it was really good. It was poetic. It was pretty. It was a, definitely a change of pace. It didn't really sound like much else on rave, mm-hmm. really. But I thought that was nice, and I appreciated it. Yeah. 
the part that made me feel like it was more of religious undertones or a song about God or Jesus even as he sings, if you count the times he took all the blame, you would find a reason behind the game. So about forgiveness and sacrifice and um, that's what really stood out to me as, oh, well, it may be a little bit about the name change, but I think it was... Uh, a yeah. lot of religious undertones. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Very agreed. cool song. I come back to this one a lot. Um, yeah. Outside of the album, just throwing it in different playlists to mm-hmm. revisit it from time to time because I thought it's really unique and original track. Yeah, it was kind of new to me. I'm sure I'd heard it before, but mm-hmm. I had never really like paid that much attention to it. And nice surprise. Yeah, really super nice. Really cool. liked it. All right. You know what else was a nice surprise? That silly game was the same, so I could skip it. <laughs> you didn't have to study it anymore. <laughs> I didn't have yes. to listen to silly game again. I just yeah, I passed it. I found it a good reason to skip it on this too. After having <laughs> revisited it as part of the last podcast for Rave Unto to uh, find that it's the original, which I remembered from you know listening to this when it came out originally. Right. Yeah, there was no reason for me to revisit <laughs> this one. It was it was not a high point of the album for me, just kind of sappy, sugary, and you've got the eye roll. Oh. <laughs> we need a webcam, seriously bad. Yeah, so we'll move on. So that's the, the Silly Game is the original as Raven to the Joy Fantastic. And the next track is also, um, which is Wherever You Go, Whatever You Do, which I enjoyed. I did l- listen to the song again just to confirm because in looking at some of the track lists online, there are places where this is marked as an alternate version of the song. Mm-hmm. And the times are different because we mentioned the uh, this had a lot of uh, silence at the end leading into Pretty right. Man, the hidden track. And that's the only difference. Difference. It's not an alternate track at all. It's just a, we stopped after. Yes, the song ends when it Uh should end, and we don't have the five minutes of silence at the end to get to a hidden track. So no difference between this one and the original. I thought this was my redemption song for Man of War and all the problems you had with the um, finger pointing there where the album sort of resolves with... If you're happy, then that's everything's okay with me, which didn't quite get over the hump for you. It but that's rolled, okay. It rolled it's back fine. down the hill. It's fine. All and right. then we have Pretty Man, the extended version. Yeah. So it still wasn't listed on the album. Right. Still not uh, still tracked. Not, it's still, it's still quote-unquote hidden. But not not buried under not, five minutes of silence. Yes, which I appreciate. More Maceo horns, always good. Yeah, the end at the, the the extended inning is really a just kind of featuring Maceo Parker mm-hmm. on saxophone over uh, some more instrumentation at the end. There's no more yeah. lyrics, which I thought this would be a fun song to hear more work done to. So of all the songs that were just sort of had parts tacked on to the beginning or the end, I thought this is one I thought could be a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. And it's still a great song. The extra ending is fine. Right. But I thought, boy, it would have been fun to see him go back and play around with this yeah, even more. Yeah, a little more. Yeah, I agree. I would have enjoyed that. I did like the breaking sound at the end. It yes. was like, that. This, yeah, this is the end of the album. He's breaking it. He's done. Yeah, it's, there's always, there's got to be a meaning oh, to it. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm walking <laughs> out. <laughs> I've been looking at this album for yeah, two and a half been... years. I'm done. Yes. Yeah. Ready to move on. Yeah. Um, so overall, I thought that this was still an album, even though it was made more fun in parts, a little faster in parts, reworked in parts, it was still muddled by ballads 
Um, yeah. With the eight of the 14 songs that I'd categorize as ballads with The Greatest Romance Ever Sold, Tangerine, Sun, the Moon, and Stars, Man of War, I Love You But I Don't Trust You Anymore, Beautiful Strange Even Though It Was New, Silly Game, and Wherever You Go, Whatever You Do as ballads or mid-tempo songs really dominate this album mm-hmm. again. So, like I said last time, there's the word joy in the title. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a lot of joy. There's not an awful lot of it. There's, there's, yeah. There are parts that are fun, for sure. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of, there's a lot of heartbreak going on in this album, too. Right. That's a shame. That's a shame. That's a shame. All right. Now, let's move on to the uh, Greatest Romance Maxi single. All right. This single came out... Five weeks before the album, mm-hmm. but the video didn't come out until two months after the release of the maxi single. What the hell? Uh, That's all I can ask. Yeah, just like have it all ready at once. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, don't know what to tell you. Yeah, about I just this. That's it's the whole a shame. point of releasing a single yeah. before an album is to create buzz and yeah. get word, get people excited about this. And it was just it was catastrophically it was, mishandled. Yeah, which is a shame. It is. It could have been a lot. It could. It could have been a lot more successful with more organization. But that's yeah. not the first or last time that we'll say that about nope. the um, release schedule and planning for a Prince album. That was not the parts that he did well. No, unfortunately. Um, or surrounded himself with people who couldn't do it well. Yeah. Um, so this was an eight-track maxi single that came out before the album, and it sort of gave away a little bit of what we heard on the remix album that would come out a year and a half later. <laughs> <laughs> So it starts off with a radio edit, but it features Eve's rap from the remix album version, yeah. which is pretty cool. So yeah, there's I a radio. Ver- I think it is made more radio friendly as a ballad with right. Eve's rap at the beginning. Yes, I mean, so I thought that was a good choice. Yeah, I thought it was too. But again, that wasn't the version that I. Th- I don't think this got much radio play. I could not. No, really... I. In my notes, I never once heard this on the radio. No, didn't. Never really once. Know. I never once heard it on the radio. Though I did think it was smart to include Eve. Mm-hmm. I thought it was smart to make it shorter. Yeah, the the edit is good in this case. Yeah. There's a. I mean, the album version is fine, but I it think it was five and a half minutes. Yeah, it and needed that's to a be shorter for radio. For, and yeah. this was a full minute shorter. Yes. So I had thumbs up for that one, as a, especially as an opening track on the Maxi Signal single for um, it to be close to the album version, include a little bit of extra stuff, and be edited down to something a little more digestible. Yeah. And something that I don't think you can listen to and say, well, I wish that was a little too long. Yeah. I didn't say that about the, no. this version of, no. the, of the song. So very nice to have. So we move on from that one into here's where this thing takes a left turn, doesn't it? <laughs> Neptune's remix edit featuring Q-Tip. Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. um, I have to admit, I've never been a giant fan of Q-Tip, so this seemed like a weird combination to me. Okay, well, what I found weird about it was it's a romance song, Uh and there was no women (laughs) in it, and it's obviously a romance between a man and a woman and instead of adding a woman in like he did with eve which i thought was very successful he added another man into it and i just it didn't feel as successful it makes me wonder if there's more prince q-tip collaborations that we have not heard or songs they might have worked on together around this era that might have might not have made it onto this album maybe uh q-tip did a rap for chocolate box later yeah it's not the first time that we hear uh q-tip it'd be 10 years later yeah um, not the last time we would hear him 
Yeah, on yeah. on Minneapolis Sound, which was an album from Prince in 2009. Not only the rap on it, but I believe he was involved with the video for Chocolate Box oh, okay. too. So they've they've definitely worked together. So there was some camaraderie there. But what really got me about this, not so much what you were saying about the gender thing, but you know the song starts and Q-Tip's contribution contributions are a lot of uh uh-huh. uh-huh. come on come, come on, on. Uh, come I, on. I, I'm I like, that down too. I'm like come on come on. I mean that's like the most a generic rap edition that you add to anything and I was very surprised that it wasn't smarter because I read that Q-Tip is listed as a fantastic lyricist and uh-huh. I just didn't that this song is not evidence of that Right. I just kept thinking, don't encourage me to come on before you've even started to do anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to this for some direction. Yeah. So yeah, um, the Q-Tip, it's just an odd pairing for a ballad, and um, I didn't really, I, I didn't get into the music very much either. Right. Um, so this one fell a little flat to me, all respect to Q-Tip and all of his talents. And then we have the Adam and Eve remix. This is the same one from Into, or not? Not the same. Okay. No, it starts the same. It's a little bit same. different. I was going to um, say, I made, I made more notes about this. Did I just miss it? No. <laughs> nope. Okay. Um, so, what's funny oh, here is this, right. is, this yes. is listed as um, Adam and Eve remix featuring Eve, while the first song was an Adam and Eve remix radio edit, but this track three is actually four seconds shorter than the radio edit and has uh-huh. more new lyrics and That's that right. kind of That's right, you and I did talk about this. Yeah, yes, so it starts, is... it is confusing. It starts off the same as the radio edit with Eve's rap, um, but then we get... None of the original lyrics from the song and a rap from Prince that you'd hear later um, on the song Silicon uh-huh. um, that would be released as part of the MPG Music Club. One day you'll get outside the do-rag. <laughs> very, very cool oh, lyrics. Oh, I love it. Uh, so they go, one day you'll get outside the do-rag when you really want to contemplate this jacked-up paranormal situation that your people got into. Can I hip you? So a lot of really cool rhymes. Um, Prince was really successful on this song, I think, yeah. with some singing rap parts yes. that are really, really well done. Yes. What I really appreciate about this single as a whole, I have to say this maxi single, is that it's very evident that Prince had a lot to do with this. Yeah, he didn't hand it over yeah, to another and, unlike, producer. Unlike some of the ones we got from the Love Symbol album, where he had not nearly enough to do with the remixes. Yes. This was very much a hands-on... Yeah, lots of ideas that you know he must have had laying around that surface back up here, and you can see overlaps between some of these remixes and other songs that have been officially released since then too. Right, definitely a highlight of the maxi single for me here, and some great as opposed to the album remix of the song where it was kind of a bass solo at the right. end. There's some really cool guitar solo work at the end with matching keyboards and synths going mm-hmm. over it, which are really nicely done too. Yeah. Yeah. So this was uh, awesome. I thought this was I, like this should have been on the radio. Yeah, Come exactly. On. That's that's the one that should have been on the original album. Yeah, in I think my this, opinion, this was a hidden gem to me. On yeah. this entire era, track three on the maxi single was um, a diamond in the rough. Yeah, that makes me excited to listen to later albums that I'm not as familiar with to hear some more of that. And mm-hmm. I'm really glad that he went back and revisited that really fun lyrics and additional mm-hmm. stuff that he did with that particular remix on yeah. this 
Yeah, paying, atten- paying attention to all those things, you can really see all these, like I said earlier, these he's got a million ideas going on in his head, you can tell. And there's it's no wonder he spent so much time in the studio because he had so he would more in his head even than he than he could record and he recorded so much that the world may never hear all of the, it. Yeah. Incredible. Yep, incredible. All right, then we have the Jason Nevins remix. Actually, there's an album version of the song that's track four on the uh, Maxi oh, single. Oh, sorry. Um, which is probably why you skipped it. Ah, uh, it is. Um, the, so the original album version for Brave Unto the Joy Fantastic is here as track four of the Maxi single. So it's right in the middle of all these all okay. these remixes. And then we move into track five, which is Jason Nevins remix parenthesis edit edit yes um so that means prince had less to do with this i think he had a lot less to do with this yeah. um a much faster version of the song with a whole lot of energy and surprisingly right. unlike some of the love symbol remixes where prince stepped away and left the remix duties to someone else i thought this one was great it's uh, great yes. to hear it turn into kind of a dance song yeah it had a real 70s feel mm-hmm. real super disco uh, i really liked the clapping that was added to it right it sounded like a roller skating song to yeah me. that's a good description <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well when you say 70s and roller skating uh-huh. that goes together well and the, you know we've gotten videos of prince roller skating before and this sounds like a song that if there was going to be a video for this remix prince would be on roller skates yeah kind of like the get Long off video from yeah. 1991 where he's yeah. roller skating around the front of paisley park in the parking lot yep yeah i did enjoy this i thought if 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 anything, I thought Prince it sounds like might have given Jason Nevins some of the original tracks or parts or stems uh-huh. from the original recording yeah. that he could work with and yeah. use again. Maybe things that were buried in the original song that were kind of brought forward right. in this. But I thought this was a really nice remix of the song. Yep. Then we have another Neptune's extended remix featuring Q-Tip. Uh, it was just more of the same. More of the same is exactly <laughs> what I wrote down. I don't know what else was, to say. It was other too than long. I, I, it's the, not my thing. Yeah. No shade at anybody. But yeah, if you like Q-Tip, then I'm sure that you find a lot to like here, or maybe not. I don't yeah. know. If this is typical of Q-Tip's music, Q-Tip doesn't particularly seem like a ballad guy to yeah. me. But yeah, I had the exact same notes written yeah. down that if I thought the short version was too long, then the long version is too too long. <laughs> And then uh, the Jason Nevins extended remix. Again, it was more of the same. Too long. I thought the uh, remix edit of Jason Nevins was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought the extended remix, it was too much. Oh, it was too long for I you? I didn't need it. I really wanted to hear more of it. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so I, I prefer the extended version of Jason Nevins remix to the remix edit. I thought... The extended remix is probably more like the original track, and the edit is an edit. Right. So I don't know that it's really extended. It's just longer than the version that was labeled edit. But again, much faster and lots of energy. I love listening to Prince's vocals that are tempo shifted, but not pitch shifted. So he's singing faster, but his voice is not faster. Right. Which I think is a cool um, audio trick that's easy to achieve, especially these now, days. Yeah. So it's a lot more quickly delivered than the original track, like we said before, which I feel like is kind of walking in mud a little bit, and here yeah. we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Cool. I, I do wonder, and I looked this up and couldn't find it, there's some guitar work in the background of this track that is not in the original uh, studio album version. 
um, but isn't credited anywhere. So oh. I wondered if it was Prince or another guitarist. It's difficult huh. to know. So, yeah. um, But I thought listening to that was kind of fun, too. And then yeah. the very last track on the album is an original radio edit of the song. So this is the version, I think, that would have gotten the radio airplay. Right. It was the original version of the song cut down from 5 minutes and 29 seconds to 4 minutes and 26 seconds, which I'd say... You're on the right track, but keep going. Uh, yeah. Yeah, keep the scissors out. Yeah. I, I think it could have lost another 30 seconds. Yeah, four minutes but, and 20 seconds is still fairly long for yeah. radio, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Uh, especially in 1999, before streaming and before you know uh, things were shifting away from radio as a way to discover new music. Right. Um, so... I still say on this one, um, you know, A for effort to get it a minute shorter, but I still think it's not quite there yet. So. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to move on. All right. We have uh, Providence by Ani DeFranco. Yeah. was released on her album To the Teeth, mm-hmm. November 16th, 1999. So not very long after the original release of Rave Unto. Right. On the same month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prince provided some backing vocals i think if you're familiar with him they're pretty easy to pick out Uh i would say if you're an ani defranco fan but not a huge prince fan you might not realize Uh it was prince okay so So, sort of how i felt about uh gwen stefani yes and so far so please i think it was easy for me to pick him out i don't know that a casual prince listener would really Mm-hmm. be able to say oh that's definitely prince yeah um it was an interesting song it's very long yeah 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 uh, over seven minutes yeah. and 18 seconds yeah, long. over seven minutes long is, yeah it was really long but uh, you yeah, know it was fine i read an article from the minneapolis star tribune from 1999 and okay. there was a quote from prince in it that i thought would be interesting to share i wanted to meet ani defranco And lo and behold, she's everything I expected. We jammed for four hours, and she danced the whole time. We had to quit because she wore us out. After being with her, it dawned on me why she's like that. She's never had a ceiling over her. People want to put ceilings on you, or people think they have ceilings over them. We don't come here to Paisley Park Mm -hmm. to be put in a box. Which I thought was nice. Yeah, his admiration for her was very strong at that point, as yeah. she had always been an independent artist, had her own label, had kind of been her own... And really been very, very successful with it. She's yeah. a big-time producer on lots of other artists, and very empowering. Yeah, and this was a really good pairing to me, and I the song that so they worked too. on together on Rave, both of the Rave yeah. albums, was really successful. Um, and they had a lot of... Uh, overlapping circles too. Um, just to mention the album to the teeth, which I think you would enjoy if you mm-hmm. listen to the entire thing, not just this one song that was a little long. Um, also featured Maceo Parker. No, so cool. Very cool overlaps of yeah. talent between these two independent artists at the time. Very neat. All right, we also have waiting room from No Doubt. Uh, it was recorded in ninety nine, right? Yes, but they. Held it back mm-hmm. for Rock Steady that was released December 11th, 2001. Okay, so it didn't really fit with the sound of Return of Saturn, uh-huh. so they held it back. I didn't realize that, although yeah. 
I did. We I guess we bought it together, Return of Saturn. So yeah. we, we had that also. I and guess it was, who didn't uh, <laughs> in the late nineties have a No Doubt album? Yes, um, it was very Return of Saturn was a much more pop oriented uh-huh. and. Uh, Waiting Room is a harder, more rock kind of song, and I think it fit much better with Rock Steady. I think they were smart to pull that back. They were probably, it sounds like, also smart to have his input on this because he they sent him the song to get his notes and to, uh-huh. for maybe for him to add a little to it. Uh-huh. And he reworked the song enough that they gave him a writing credit. Right. <laughs> and they took all of his suggestions. So... Yeah, and I mean, who wouldn't? I think that they admired him. It's it's, on the surface at first, when I heard they were working together, I was like, that's kind of a weird pairing. But it does really work well. I thought so. I thought this song is the one that really ends the rave era. Um, Yes. Even though it was recorded earlier, by the time it surfaced at the very end of 2001, the album Rocksteady was released on December 11th, 2001, that this was an era of Prince music that I'd call the, the rave era. That spanned from 1999 all the way to 2001. So we had two and a half years of kind of an era of Prince music, which is really long by by Prince standards. Right. Um, he, like you the, said, yeah, he, and it has a very distinct sound. Yes, it does. It, I mean, it sounds. If there's a sound of the late 90s and 2000s that I think is kind of retro sounding by now here in 2018. This is sort of that sound to me. Yeah. That, you know, someone would record this and they'd say, I'd say, well, that sounds like, you the know, t- pop music of turn yeah. of the century. <laughs> Let me take the pipe out of my mouth. <laughs> Prince plays keyboards and um, some vocals and the No Doubt band is on all the other instruments. And I thought this was a great duet, mm-hmm. much more of a duet um, in waiting room between Prince and Gwen than... I wouldn't call so far so pleased a duet. I would yes. say Gwen sings background yes. for Prince Agreed. on that song. Agreed. So here they're more featured together. Yeah. Um, in fact, the chorus is typically sung by Prince only, mm-hmm. um, and it's the chorus is sort of one of those speak sing kinds of things. Yeah. And I had to look it up again because I've been singing along to this for a long time. <laughs> Just kind but of I mumbling thought, the words you I don't, don't know. know. Yes. <laughs> You know, I didn't want to be singing, I wish I had Jesse's squirrel. (laughs) I wanted to look this up. So Prince said the chorus is, if we both want the love and I wait long enough, then the ground that we're on might be common. Hmm. Which I thought was a pretty neat way to say common ground. Yeah. In fact, I think the lyrics that I found online are wrong, where they have it listed as, then the ground that we're on might be coming. I think oh. that makes no sense. No, the yeah. ground that we're on might, might be, be common. common. Yeah, and there's kind of a I don't want to say whistly, but there's an, a unique way that he delivers though that chorus that reminds me. And you won't probably know of this until we get to the album. But on Graffiti Bridge, there's a song called Love Machine. Okay, and um, the only parts where you can hear Prince in it are him kind of laughing in the background, and he has this tip, this kind of whistly kind of laugh. That reminds me of how he delivers the, lyric, the chorus on this song. So That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. this is a song about waiting for someone you're in love with to make a move or mm-hmm. to get committed. Right. And comparing it to reading magazines while you're waiting for your you know, uh-huh. doctor Airpoint. to come uh-huh. around yeah. and get you to move into a gown and wait in a different room. Yeah. So a lot <laughs> with of no magazines. common frustration <laughs> in these places. <laughs> All right. So I thought this was, 
you know, complete, completely different song. It certainly didn't fit on Raven to the Joy Fantastic, especially since it's free of the holier-than-thou speak of some of the <laughs> Raven 2 and Raven 2 lyrics. This is just a lot of fun to me. A serious topic and something I think you can everyone can relate to about waiting for someone that you like to do something. Uh-huh. Um, and you don't, I don't think that um, by this time in their careers, Prince or Gwen have that problem completely, but no. um, they can recall a time when that was common. Right. So I like the song a lot. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was fun. And we have a couple of Hot With You remixes. Yeah, these we are have, things uh, that I redefined shared. Redefined remix, <laughs> which was another nasty girl right. remix. I thought it was just kind of more of the same from Into. It wasn't. Yeah, both of these remixes that we're talking about right now were actually never released oh. officially. This redefined uh-huh. remix was on a bootleg. Um, and has been circulated among fans called the Redefined Remix. Mm-hmm. Um, but since we've got it and it's circulating among collectors in pretty great quality, I thought we'd you know throw it a mention here. He's got kind of a brand new rap part over his Nasty Girl lyrics where yeah. he says, uh, let's define this word hot and kind of just digs deeper. If there's a hole dug for this song, then the shovel's still sharp because Prince is still <laughs> digging. Um much more electronic, but not quite house um, in my mind. And, but I, I like these kinds of remixes to, to revisit them because, like you said earlier, it's clear Prince was involved with new lyrics, new vocals, and those are part of the song. Um, mm-hmm. So this was meant for the planned single and the planned ma- right. maxi single, The Hot Experience, that was going to be a number of remixes for the song that um, never was released. Right. Okay. Yeah. But you're right. The last couple minutes, especially of this, uh, the redefined remix is basically just a repetitive groove and the yeah. remix itself is six minutes and 30 seconds long so to me long. it's just exploring more of the story of hot with you <laughs> and then there was also an alternate remix I yeah mean, this was a much bigger departure yes so this the, the little background on where this came from is in one of the npg audio releases from the 2000s where NPG Music Club members got an, about an hour-long NPG audio oh, show that was hosted by Prince right. and hosted by other mm-hmm. uh, musicians uh-huh. and people in his circle. This was part, this of, was part of it. So it was okay. a long... So this was had sort of an official release. It did. It, well, I mean, it. I'd call it official. Now, editing it down and sharing it with your wife's probably frowned upon, but well, I did it anyway. You're not selling it to anybody. You shared it with me. I live in the same house. That's true. That is true. In my defense, you did do live in the same house (laughs) but this thing uses pieces of new world and slave from emancipation that's where the backing track comes from but it's got some new lyrics and um kind of still noodling around with hot with you Uh uh, on top of it which is kind of fun and some new lyrics um which were i thought were fun rocker rocker telephone shocker Uh which is kind of cool This song will self-destruct when it makes a million bucks. Yes. It's still here, so (laughs) I guess it never made the million. Shout out to Mission Impossible. (laughs) Red light, green light, hot with you. (laughs) So he has fun with his name here, too, where he asks, who funks the hardest? The artist funks Uh the hardest. Um, and he makes mention of the name change again, where he says, tired of the game, change my name. And he has some fun with our favorite part of this original song with um, Meet Me Early Morning in a uh-huh. Fourth Dimension Plane. Yeah. Here it's turned into Meet Me Early Morning on a Country Road, which I thought was really great. Um, you know, where he 
dwelled in Paisley Park as in rural yeah. Minnesota. So you can imagine there are plenty of encounters like this that happened. Where he says, um, to do it till I change my name to Harry. <laughs> Did you notice that <laughs> no. part? And then he whispers Harry in the background again. So I don't know what that's a reference <laughs> to. But I thought it was worth a mention. Yeah, it's fun. I don't know how many times the word or name Harry appears in a print song, but it did here. We'll count this as one. one. We'll keep the tally running. <laughs> Number of times Harry is mentioned, one. One. Okay. Put a tally mark by that. Okay. All right, and then we visited our last couple of things here. We visited the Prince Online Museum. has archives of pretty much every Prince website that's ever existed yeah thank goodness this got up and running it was launched and then the estate kind of objected a little bit and thankfully that was all be able to was able to be worked out so that you can go back and visit uh really travel in time to look at some of these websites that have all been official these are the oldest uh of the group and yeah wow yeah, my, my first note. Uh, well, which one do you want to talk about first? Love for uh, one let's another. Let's do love for one another because I think there's more com. to talk about there. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, <laughs> because so, there were a million pages. This was yeah, yeah. My first note is what a mess. And I think <laughs> the, the, on Prince Museum online, they uh, Prince Online Museum Prince Online Museum on PrinceOnlineMuseum.com, they have interviews and credit some of the folks behind um, these websites. And Steve Park was um, one of the, well, the designer for Love for One Another, one Love for One Another dot com. And he uh, also mentions other people involved. There was someone who was dealing with content, and his he was mm-hmm. really for design. There was a collective too that had yes. some to do Fan with this had, later. Fans had input. Uh-huh, and I remember, I remember hearing about it and thinking, "No, oh, I should do that." And, uh-huh. eh. Yeah, I just never, never did. It was confusing. We were busy we, trying to get married. That's true. We so. had other things on our plate. Yeah, what, what a mess. Steve Park describes it really well. You know, looking back at it now, it is a, it's a disaster. But <laughs> thinking of well, it from 1999 right. internet web standpoints, it did what it was supposed to do. It was, you know, it had notes about what was going on for the charity Love for One Another, which I thought was great, um, especially for an artist who had all the success to not only go underground, but then push some of the things that he's doing from a charitable standpoint to the forefront and making that the face of right. his internet presence at the turn of the century right. wasn't done by anyone else. And mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty admirable. But other than that, it's a it's a mess of news. and So many fonts, so many busy backgrounds. Every page had a different background and a different font and a different logo. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you know, buttons at the bottom that say, Looks. If you do not see the top frame, click here. Uh huh. Yeah. Remember Which frames on websites. Frames. frames. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this, but this wasn't a fault of the design team. No, this no, was no. Just the trend. It was just the way it was at that point. Yeah. Um, and it and it really is a, a beautiful mess to go back and revisit. You could spend a lot of time digging through there. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of I posts did, that were written by Prince himself. Yeah, I did. I did. I did make some notes about some of the. About some of the stuff. So in the Liberty experience, yes. which was like... Yeah, about freedom and yeah, artistic and it control. Was, there was a rave portion of it with news. Uh-huh. And the Miles Davis tribute, the four seconds, was yes. confirmed. Oh, it is confirmed there. confirmed on this... It was confirmed on Love for One Another. So we can check that off our list. It definitely confirmed it was a Miles Davis tribute. They did not say if it was... 
silence from a recording session. I would uh, assume that's probably what it was, but yeah. uh, it was confirmed definitely that it was a tribute. Huh. The, so, was there a reason why I didn't see that? There, that was no, deep in the annals of a 1999 archive was, website. Yes. Uh, from October 11th, 1999. Ah, so that was um, before it did, the album came out. Uh, yes. It didn't specify why. It just hmm. said that that was something he wanted to do. And okay. that's how he chose to do it. Right. There was also October 29th, 1999. They said that a major movie for Rave was in the works. Hmm. Do we think that it's the concert pay-per-view thing that ended up coming out? I don't think so. Oh, I okay. they made it sound like a major movie. Like this was it was going to have like a theatrical release type of stuff. Wow. Well, yeah, you hadn't heard that. I'm, I had not heard that. Yes. Score one. I for love you. it when I can tell you something you don't know. There was some interviews. There was uh, some an interview with Prince. There there wasn't a lot in this section that we got from it that was new, except for things that didn't have it happen. Okay. So he <laughs> talked about a movie, major okay. theatrical release. That is the, a musical. Honestly, the first I've heard of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. A musical he was writing. Okay. Was it Glam Slam Ulysses? He didn't specify. Okay. So uh, he said he was writing a musical. All right. That's as much as he specified. Hashtag things Prince says. Uh huh. Yep. yep. Um, and then he talked about a revolution album. Yes, this of, was a time uh, that he was trying to get the revolution either come back together and finish yeah. uh, Roadhouse Garden. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. Okay. And he also uh, claimed that he and Maite would be together forever and that boasted about just buying her a new house in Spain. And because they were asked to, what was the greatest romance? Uh-huh. And he said something to the effect of everybody has to discover it for themselves. And we found it in our house. And they pointedly asked him, whoever was doing conducting the interview, pointedly asked, so you and Maite are still together? And uh-huh. he said, oh, yes, we'll be together forever. Huh. And something yeah. they found in our house. Maybe it's a Roomba. Something found in our What? That's what you said. You said something found. You said it was something we found in our house. <laughs> so, like, so what is it that we look for a lot? <laughs> Roomba. Roombas weren't out then. <laughs> uh, there were some other uh, interviews that weren't anything particular. H.M. Buff, who was a recording engineer. Uh-huh. Uh, interview with Morris Hayes. Cool. Their interview with Larry Graham, which was mostly... Graham Central Station 2000 promotion. Okay. There was a news section. Yes, it was called Le Grind. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was like, seemed like it was compilations of media reports. Yeah. Which was kind of interesting. Yeah, kind um, of a, like one of the first news blog rolls. Yeah. You know. Which was kind of interesting. And uh, the only like notable thing was that on December 7th, 1999, they reported that the doctors were asking Prince to rest. And he was refusing to do so, that they were trying very hard to get him to rest, that he'd been unwell or mm-hmm. working too hard or not sleeping enough or something. And I guess in preparation for the New Year's Eve special, they wanted him to rest a little bit and he didn't want to do that and that was the struggle well that would not be the first time he was advised to slow down (laughs) and then this love for one another was replaced with 
one song yes. on January 1st, 2000. They right. believe it was the idea that it was a cleansing, a rebirth. Mm-hmm. This was a new site for a new millennia, even though I guess technically the millennia doesn't start for another year, but whatever. Whatever. There were numbers that changed. Mm-hmm. Yes, I read the same thing because I didn't remember the timing of it all, but as soon as the, the pay-per-view special was over, com closed, and uh, there was a music video that was posted to the website called One Song mm-hmm. um, that Steve Park has some great stories again about the struggle to create a lyric video at, in 1999 yeah. for the song and get it to be timed correctly uh-huh. um, and create it digitally and uh, talking about working in Macromedia Director wow. and all the stuff that just would make you chuckle a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was real that honest was about That was groundbreaking then. It was. Um, and it doesn't look bad now. No, it looks... I thought the animations were really nice considering its age. Yeah, and really kind of homemade. This wasn't yeah. like it didn't go to a production studio to be turned into this jaw-dropping thing. Right. Um, just kind of still that underground feel that Prince wanted to have. Unfortunately, the lead-up to the song is, you know, five minutes of, five or six minutes of uh, speech by Prince yeah, where he's... Just he's pontificating on <laughs> exactly. what, is, what is art and what is life and how we need to be careful about what is art because it informs our life and then informs our art and it's a snake eating its tail, basically. Yes, yeah. it is very much a mind-bending experience um, <laughs> and a little bit of outlining of his spiritual beliefs at the time, too, and, right. and some decrying of violence also. Um, which I thought I found it to be very um, ac- applicable today. Not mm-hmm. much has changed in the right. last 19 years, mm, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but then we do get one song, um, which um, would... No, before we move to the song. Oh, you're not ready for the song no, yet. I'm not Sorry. quite ready for All the right, song. Go ahead. Um, I thought it was interesting to recognize language as both freedom and a prison. Mm. That we yeah. have the freedom to describe our world when we have language, but once we have the language, those are the only terms in which we can understand the world. Yeah, so our ways which, to express ourselves are now our constraining Yeah, we've been outlines. we've been limited. We've been set free by having a vocabulary to talk about things, but then we're then limited by that very vocabulary, which I thought was kind of an interesting dichotomy. Yeah, and, and I guess that's I think is how he approached language too, because there were a lot of neat turns of phrases that mm-hmm. he would come yeah. up with. Um, yeah, you know, instead of can we'll I find, mix up the yeah yeah instead of we'll find generic. common ground in waiting room, the ground that we're on might be common. common. Yeah, just finding unique ways to express things. Yep, and I guess we could have utopia if only we chose not to choose if we refused to choose i don't know yeah it was a, a little down a rabbit yeah. hole deep dive in yes. prince's mind yeah definitely uh, a mental roller coaster and a lot of talk about things that i think were very difficult for anyone to make actionable so mm-hmm. maybe that was part of his frustration at the time too that he had these ideas and how can we get over this he didn't have the answer either so instead he made them into a complex message <laughs> And yep. made them a prelude to a song instead yeah. of um, something that was really, like I said, actionable. I don't know how what the call to action here is. If you're in advertising, I'm like, well, you've got to tell me what you want me to do. And we never get there yeah. with, with this pontificating, right. as you say. <laughs> I mean, we can't go back to 
the fall, Eden, literal or figurative, whatever. It, we can't go back there and make a different choice. That's not something that is physically possible for us to do here and now or 20 years ago. I don't, yeah, exactly. What is the cut? There's a call to action to do what exactly? Yeah, yeah. as a summary statement, beautifully done, but as a you know, rallying cry for things to change, n- not written that way. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. No, no. All right. Now we can go into the song. I'm sorry to, yeah, do, sorry to uh, jump the gun there. Um, no, it's fine. No, one song is something that I had to go back and, and listen to. I had not heard it. I remember, frankly, not having the patience to wait to get to the song. <laughs> First of all, uh-huh. 1999 loading speeds oh. for a whatever it was, 10-minute video. Yeah. Patience was key. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that I ever got through the entire thing until this video was released as part of one of the MPG Music Club releases in 2001. Okay. The video was part of it, um, and that's where I found it. So there are you know edits of this that isolate the song, one song, and do away with the right. six-minute speech to get to it. So no, I just thought this was... If there was... You know, like I said, his his speech leading up to the song is a great summary, no call to action. The song is sort of the same way to me, mm-hmm. um, but an interesting way to sing a song, again, I think, from the standpoint of God, where he sings, I am the universe, the sun, the moon, and sea. I am the energy, for that is what I believe. I can be contradiction, because that is all that I see, but I am the universe, and the universe is me. This, you know, all the the alpha and the omega is kind yeah. of how I took that. It's it's interesting because I thought it kind of sounded more like worship songs now than then. Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there wasn't a lot of, at least not in physical churches, there wasn't a whole lot of the pop sort of worship songs mm-hmm. happening. I mean, that was like the beginning of when the quote-unquote non-denominational churches started really embracing it, and I thought it kind of sounded like what you might hear today with a little bit of gospel, a little bit of pop. Mm -hmm. That was really my only note. Okay. I think your point of his prelude pontification about (laughs) language feeling like a barrier is reflected in the lyrics, too. He sings, When language falls like a wounded soldier and is covered by the sea, all the sadness, all these unanswered questions keep me company. Yeah. Um, so, again, from the standpoint of an all-knowing God and seeing your people struggling through the barriers of, barriers of language and unanswered questions, those are things that I keep to myself. Yeah. Yeah. For reasons unknown. Yeah. There you go. Someday we may know. <laughs> Not this side of heaven, probably. Nope. Nope. All right. And then 1-800-NEW-FUNK.COM. The screw mm-hmm. out of the NPG retail stores and the phone line of the same name. Yep. It had a redesign in 1999. It was simple. I thought it had a little interesting, fun, flash homepage with uh-huh. a little circle and different places you could go and look. And it was basically just a merch site. They sold music, posters, mugs, keychains, photos, perfume, tambourines, calendars, tour books, merch of all kinds, hats, shirts, assortment of jewelry, and hockey jerseys, which you got me one. Yeah, you have a purple NPG hockey jersey. Uh huh. I don't uh, wear it much because we live in Texas and it's hot. Yeah, this isn't so, a hockey stronghold by any means. No, but it was kind of fun to have. 
Yeah, very yeah. fun. I thought this whole site just came off as uh, Prince's yard sale. There was he had a garage somewhere that was filled with. I mean, you could buy a cassette of controversy. Yeah, uh, from 1982 here in 1990. There, it just seemed like. Everything there were some new material in there, but a lot of it was vault well, things that yeah. were probably laying around. He had multiple copies of things and thought this is a great way to. Well, uh, some of it was like out of print; you couldn't get it other places. Here you That's go. true. Um, I think Steve Park again, um, the designer working with Prince at the time, was is interviewed on this website saying, um, you know, what was the point of or what was the goal of the website, and it was to get it to pay for itself, and it <laughs> did within the first few weeks. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of a neat thing to, yeah. to see too, especially for back then. I mean, 1999, 2000, opening your own web storefront is... Yeah, just getting people to put their credit card information on the internet was a big deal. Yeah, it I was, wouldn't have done that then. No. I don't think so. No. Cybersecurity was basically unknown, but also very much something that people wanted and weren't sure how to have yes. at that you, point. So. You also had to trust a website that had lightning rollover <laughs> buttons, <laughs> which was a little hard for me to get past. All right. So we have rules. Let's hear them. We pick a time capsule, which is something that exemplifies the era in which the material came out. We have a C, the low point of the body of work that we've talked about mm-hmm. for this particular episode, and our mountain, the thing that is the high point of the material we have covered. So right. we always start with our time capsule. I think it goes without saying, loveforoneanother.com is your t- my time capsule <laughs> because with all the fonts. I really appreciated that there was some fan interaction. That mm-hmm. was kind of a new thing. It I was. mean, there it was. It was, it, was, it was a new thing for like an official website to for it to be more than like a chat room. Mm-hmm. Chat rooms had been popular in the yeah. early mid nineties, even, and this was kind of taking a chat room to a higher level, yeah. which I really appreciated. I appreciated how like positive it was trying to be, especially in the face of, you know, Y2K fears and stuff like that. I thought that that was very exemplary of the time period. Yeah. Well, certainly looking at it, it's exemplary <laughs> of the time period. So I certainly agree with you. Um, I almost found the websites as too ancillary of a thing to award it as a time capsule, even though it's a perfect mm-hmm. fit. <laughs> okay. Um, but it was so unknown and such a mess. And, you know, there was, it was so, it was uncentralized, like you said, with the collective and people on staff contributing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what the goal was, was to have all these people contributing content and building this place of positivity. Um, but I still found it to be just a disorganized mess. Um, so <laughs> That was websites in the late 90s, was, so uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, I'm, that's not, not, I'm not trying to start an argument. I'm just saying why I'm going to dismiss it. <laughs> okay. Um, what was yours? For the same reason I picked so far, so please, from Rave Unto, um, I'm picking Waiting Room as okay. the time capsule here. With No Doubt's popularity in the late 90s and early 2000s being completely undeniable and having a Prince presence on a No Doubt album, not only his presence, but also a credited presence. And like you said, getting co-writing credit for the song because of his ideas and contributions, I Mm -hmm. thought was worthy of time capsule. All right. That's fair. My C. Normally, 
I'm pretty simple with my C. I pick just a song. Uh-huh. Um, this one, to me, it was... My C was the remixes that don't really add more successfully because we had some really, really good remixes mm-hmm. that I really appreciated. I... For me, the uh, Neptune's remixes of Greatest Romance uh-huh. and the Hot Would You re- Redefined remix, they just they didn't add anything to it. The, the Redefined remix of Hot With You was no more successful than the Rave Into Nasty Girl remix for me. Yeah. I didn't, I don't really care much for... Okay, well, in the defen- in defense of that remix, it was never released. No. So very few, few people have heard it. Um, right. But I see what you're saying as a collective. I've got no problem with talking about remixes that add nothing as something that <laughs> are kind of bomb dwellers, yeah. especially this yeah. era, too. Yeah, and it's not anything. I'm, I mean, those are things I'm not going to go back and revisit. All right. So, how about you? For me, I saw this as an opportunity for uh, Who Got Next with <laughs> with Every Day is a Winding Road omitted from the album. <laughs> Next in line for me was Silly Game uh-huh. uh, from the original album, uh-huh. and its presence here puzzles me too. Yeah, and, why bother? Yeah, so um, because Every Day is a Winding Road, it was omitted from this remix album. I had to look at who was next in line, and it's silly game. For no, me. Okay. that's fair. Yeah. I'm totally fine with me. All right, then the mountain, the thing that we liked the best. The po- here's some positivity here's for you. Here's some positivity. The whole point behind the love for one another.com website was positivity. That's and right. Inspiring. Here we are. So here we are living up to that. Our mountain, mine was beautiful, strange. Good for you. I thought it was a yeah. very nice addition to his catalog, to mm-hmm. especially since it was something that had sort of been heard, sort of been seen in the home video before, to actually have it as an actual release. I thought it was a really great addition. So I really liked it. Cool. Yeah, I would definitely call it, you know, we've talked a little bit in the last couple of weeks of deep cuts from Prince. This yeah. is a really deep cut from an official album that yep. didn't get a lot of uh, airtime. Well, it got no airtime. Right. was really only heard by people following Prince closely, and that's definitely a gem Yeah, um, hidden in the middle of it all. So uh-huh. my mountain was oh, between... Oh, this might be the... We're close. Oh. We're very close. It was For me, it was between Beautiful Strange and The Greatest Romance Ever Sold, Adam and Eve remix featuring uh-huh. Eve. Yeah. Both being very... I would categorize them as pretty rare Prince songs that have been officially released because this maxi single was, yes, it got an official release, but did anyone hear this on the radio? No. And did anyone who wasn't officially a Prince fanatic at the time buy this thing? I no. don't really think so. And for them both to be on released albums is really cool. And I went with the greatest romance oh! ever sold, the Adam and Eve remix. So our streak continues. We have never matched up on any of the three things that we picked per album. Not a time capsule, not a scene not a mountain nope and I really thought Beautiful Strange might be the place where we would do it it's the closest we've come I think Um, and I do love the song and I'm glad that it was your pick Um, but with the greatest romance ever sold and because this is a remix album we talked a lot about if you're going to do a remix or or a cover make it um, add something to the original and I thought this one turned 
this Adam and Eve remix turn one of my least favorite songs on the album uh-huh, and the a, one single from the album right into, into you know, being, really special being yes. reapproached I and it totally argue. rocks with the cool rap by Prince that with the lyrics that would be used later on in the song Silicon yeah and the cool guitar and synth work at the end uh, which you thought this one kind of lasted too long but by the time I got to the end of this also I thought man that's really 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 cool yeah and just neat to hear. On the album version of the remix, we have this bass solo. On the um, one of the maxi single remixes, we have this cool guitar solo at it at the end. That's just dirty and really cool. Yeah. Uh, so I went with that one. Awesome. Totally fair. Really cool. All right, I have a couple of shout outs. I got a shout out, Martin, again um, on Twitter at Interchemist for suggesting Rave to us as something to cover. I also want to shout out our friend Chauncey, friend of the pod, um, at Joe Chauncey 65. He sent us some really neat pics of his media room that features uh, primarily Prince and James Brown, but also some other people. And I've tweeted those out once already. I'm going to go ahead and retweet that so that people can check that out because it they were it's really nice. He did a good job. And yeah, it's thank you nice. for sharing so, those with us. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention oh. that we didn't do with the remix album is the booklet and the artwork oh, for it. Oh, was really good. Which is a vast improvement over the fold-out poster that came with the original album. Um, this is sort of reminiscent of the Emancipation booklet. Very much photoshopped all to hell, but actually really, really well done mm-hmm. by Steve Park. It's really much nice more legible, photos. great photos, yeah. very colorful, um, and really do capture this era. There's a great photo of Prince uh, in fall in Minneapolis, um, sitting on a bench by himself with glasses on. That's really, really, really cool. Um, so I thought that the uh, artwork for this booklet was um, really, really well done. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It was beautiful. You know, nice pictures of Prince. We always like that. All right, so next time, you've got to join us. We're going to talk about the videos that were associated with this. There are a whole lot. There is the Rave Unto the Year 2000 New Year's Eve special. Yeah, which was a pay-per-view thing. Yes. I found videos for Greatest Romance, Hot With You, and Beautiful Strange. Yep. We'll watch all of those. There's interviews with Larry King, Mm -hmm. Chris Rock, Kurt Loder. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole host of television appearances, primarily overseas, but there were a few from the U.S. Last time we said they were all overseas. I found some more since then. Okay. This is by no means an exhaustive list. Yeah, but we're going to hit the high points. We're going to hit the high points. And we're going to do a one-second challenge in July for Josh. I'm going to put it together. We're going to play one second of a Prince Studio song, and we're going to see if Josh can guess it. So you have until July the 1st. If you would like to direct message me on Twitter, we're TMATS Podcast, T-M-A-T-S Podcast. You can direct message me on Facebook. TMATS Podcast is a shortcut, or The Mountains and the Sea Prince Podcast. Or you can email us at tmatspodcast at gmail.com with your favorite deep cut. I'll give you a shout out on the pod. If we use your suggestion, don't just tweet it at us. Don't just put it on the Facebook page. Please send me a direct message so that Josh doesn't see it and it doesn't get spoiled. But 
We would love to have that. You have until July the 1st to get those to me if you would like to be considered for inclusion. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I'm either going to be vindicated or I'm going to be extremely embarrassed. We'll see which way it goes. (laughs) We'll try and give you uh, a couple of gimmies and probably challenge you a little bit. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us. We will see you again in a couple of weeks. And brush up, kids. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.